Greetings, everyone. This is the Hipster Snack with another episode of the Amazing Tomodachi Bros Podcast, Season 3. Do Still, don't stop. Stop asking about Season 2. It's not important, okay? It's not important. It's not. It's not. Stop talking about it. With, with us. It'll, today, it'll, it'll, it'll happen eventually. Event, yes. Soon. Anyway, with us today, we have Cog, Ditaku, and Clockwork. Say hi, guys. Hey, yo. What's up? I'm here, too. <laughs> And so let's start today off with a quick round of nerd news. PS1 fans are uh, eating well recently with remakes of, of Croc, Gex, Tomba. Like, uh, we got Crash and Spyro uh, remakes and Monster Rancher remakes in the past couple years. And like, ah, man, like if you were a fan of the original, the original PlayStation, you, you got a lot to look forward to. Yeah, this has always been a what I say like a double edged sword to me because it's just like I like that we're getting remakes and some of these games are coming back. Croc especially, uh, which is funny because like I, I as I was mentioning before when I uh, when we talked about the news before and, and off uh, off video is that you know it's like I don't I remember this game being really janky, the controls being really janky, it being fun for when I was playing it, but <laughs> and a ranger was today. not happy with yes. you. <laughs> but I don't I don't think I would ever play it today. And then I was like I'm like I don't understand how that kind of game would get a remake, but it's one of those things where it's like I guess it's one of those kind of like well, we need filler because we can't we don't have any ideas for some reason so oh, well, let's I, see uh uh so that so is the dart at the dartboard oh croc we'll we'll, re- we'll remake croc <laughs> well i unfortunately i see it being a little bit of a, a dip in the gaming industry in terms of like they're following hollywood just in terms of just money because remakes of any brand it's just easier to sell something that has already been branded and has some kind of you know existence to it and now that um especially uh squeenix has has proven that you can make buku bucks by doing a making basically making a brand new game um and then calling it a remake of one of your classic games uh cough cough final fantasy 7 um then that you can make buku buku bucks off of it that now yes it it, it is uh, another thing that has completely infiltrated the gaming ecosphere in terms of just all these companies are now like, oh, let's let's do a remake of this game. And people like this, let's reboot this and remake this game because it's going to be a lot easier for us to market it because it's a lot easier to market something that already has a brand name to it. I, so. I get that. And I, I totally get where you guys are coming from. But I kind of see it in two different directions. Here, here's my argument. To, to that uh if let's say there's a movie that came out in 1975 simple numbers the, the movie was really popular then they're like guys we're gonna reboot this 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 movie and and it was almost 50 year old movie we're gonna reboot it and and make it modern here's the thing you still can get that movie on dvd and it's like if you're a real hipster you you would get it on laserdisc just saying and then you can still watch the 1975 version uh, a good example of this is the day that the, the day the earth stood still the first film is really good the remake sucks i hate the remake with a passion it, it's bad it's really really bad but i'm not stuck with the remake i can go back and watch the original movie anytime but i mean do you guys still have a ps1 lying around 
Like <laughs> to this day, well, Cause, cause I if you're, if, well, if you're, you know, there's, there's other ways. A lot uh, of people assuming, now are a lot more resourceful, and ass- there are let's assume other for methods, a of, you know, emulations <laughs> and things to <laughs> actually be able to play older games. But let's assume for a minute that we're talking to dumb people here and not people who actually know this. Let's assume that's not an option for the sake of argument, because. To like a good example of this is the remix that we got of the Monster Rancher games, which I was super pumped for. Nothing is truly hardware agnostic. And so the last Monster Rancher game we got was Monster Rancher DS. I was in college when that game dropped, by the way. So it's been a hot minute. Then they're like, hey, we're going to release the, these remakes, which they clearly used as a bit of a litmus test to see which way the market was going because not long after we got ultra uh, ultra kaiju monster rancher and saying like hey we have this old thing we haven't touched in years and years and years here's our opportunity to see if the market still responds to it because like if the croc reboot fails then they're like okay well it's dead in the water we're never going to touch this again but if it does well and like people really resonate with it. They're like, "Hey, th- there's a demand for this." It's the same thing that 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 has gotten us a lot of good games too. Now, has it gotten us a lot of crap? Yes, absolutely. You are 100 percent right. And I'm not. I'm not arguing that point. Um, but there's some good that could come out of this, and I'm, I'm trying to see things optimistically. <laughs> trying. Guys, well, trying. I, I guess there's also you know there's there's also a differentiation between. Like, so is it an actual, okay, so like we could probably argue, is Final Fantasy VII the remake actually a remake? No. No, it's not. It's not (laughs) the same game. It's a completely different game. It's the same story, but it's it's something completely different. Um, You know, and it's like, I would say what you're talking about, like Monster Rancher was more like a polished port. Right. Um, so there, there are, it's not exactly like the film industry, but it's still, you know, the same, same marketing principles are there. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, that makes sense. And, and I don't know, it, it could be good and it could be bad. Cause like you said, there could become an over-reliance on remakes and that would be bad. But like it could lead to some some fresh energy getting pumped into a franchise. Like Ultra Kaiju Monster Rancher was awesome. I I love that game so much. Like if they, I remember when the trailer dropped, I sent it straight to Ditaku, and he was like, "Oh, Tecmo made a game by reaching directly into your wildest fantasies and making them manifest." And I was like, "Yeah, basically." <laughs> no, you see, if it was you know directly into your wildest fantasies. Uh, Oh, coffee, eggs, bacon. Whoa, I just <laughs> I made breakfast all over that part of the audio, and now we'll never know what Ditaku was actually trying to say. <laughs> well, it's uh it, the big thing with it is just like 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 the over-reliance is the problem is because you're not getting a lot of new ideas. Is I feel like in a way though, and it's just because I've been seeing it so much, is because like like I recently heard like I recently they recently announced, which is our news, is that they're doing they're pretty bringing like all of the Metal Gear Solid games. Yeah. I think Metal Gear games in general 
to the PC and to other console and right. like bringing them up. And I was like, that's really cool. I remember playing those games. Those are really fun. Yeah. And um, they're, re they're redoing a Super Mario RPG, which I mean, it, you, Super Mario, uh, Mario Luigi Superstar Saga, and those games are really good too, but it's also another RPG game that everyone's been clamoring about. And, you know, right. you always hear like, oh yeah, this game was so awesome. Well, now other people can play it and see it for themselves. What I'll bet it's, you know, new and shiny and, you know, graphically, you know, more pleasing than the original game and uh that whole soul versus soulless thing comes up once in a while i won't get into that that portion of the conversation uh, um the <laughs> it's uh it's really nice that people get to really see like the games that you know some of us who grew up with are kind of clamoring about whether it's even though it's with a, a fresh new coat of paint it's still hopefully the same game that we remember and love in, in certain cases right no, that, that's, that could be an entire episode unto itself. I think that's a good topic we should actually revisit mm -hmm. in the future. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, let's put a pin on that. Uh, is there any other nerd news we want, we want to hit upon before we get started? Uh, um, I feel, I feel oh. like there was something. Uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, honestly, I just, every single time I look into... I, I've been I because of certain people. <coughs> oh, I'm sorry. Goodness, um, I've been looking into a lot of the uh, Steam feedback and reviews. I'm I'm one of those masochists that really uh, like to to look at those. And let me tell you, I am the more I look into those, the more I'm disappointed, and I just shake my head because people are more than willing to go and take valuable hours out of their day to go this game is absolute trash it is the lowest filth in the entire world well why is that very opinionated timmy timmy it's because this game doesn't allow me to play on mega hd ultra 4k super de duper with 180 frames per second uh okay that that's it yes I should be able to blurn out my corneas in my eyeballs through my monitor. Whoa, Master Napa. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea you had such intense uh, views on, on graphical fidelity and frame rate. That's right. Graphical fidelity caused me to go through puberty. Oh, wow. That is something you might want well, to get checked out. That's a whole other thing, too, because like I'm all for, you know, hey i want to get this game and check it out because i want to you know push my graphic card to the limit but you you get it you get the game you know you do a little bit of research before you like yeah you know dive in know. okay what's you know what's gonna actually put out what you're what you're trying to do yeah, I, I, I get I get what you're saying though. Like I checked the reviews myself. There was a game that Tecmo Koi put out, Wild Hearts, and I looked at the reviews and they're like, "Oh, by the way, this game was like fundamentally broken during its release phase." And I was like, "Oh crap, mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not dropping sixty bucks on something that that's not going to work." But then, yeah, I've seen like the like, oh well. But it's like yeah, you don't have to at the same time you don't have to go in and trash the reviews because yeah, exactly. Oh, 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 oh. It's just people with too much time on their hand. Yeah, honestly, and that and the worst part is is like I was I was I kind of did it to myself. I was looking at at I I actually buckled you, you, down. And, that's the problem. That's your first problem right there is you read the reviews. <laughs> I well, yeah, okay, okay, okay. I was like, 
I was looking at, at Dead or Alive at six, and honestly, that was my problem. Is I'm like, okay, I know that people are going to go out of their way to review bomb this because it's a Koei Tecmo game and her DLC. But on top of that, yeah, it was people who were like, I I need to look at Kazumi's Bazongas in 4K HD Ultra, and the game is not optimized. Yeah, I'm like, it's like, dude, have you considered going outside, getting a girlfriend? Like that that's the thing. Like the reviews themselves are subject to review. And if it's like, hey, I didn't like this game, this game wasn't for me because of X, Y, and Z, uh, that that's generally a lot more fair and, and understandable versus someone who's just like, eh, I I have a NASA computer and I am not able to to play this at nine, you know, quad nine by quad nine pixels at a, a million frames per second, even though this game was clearly not optimized for that kind of thing so it's like the reviews themselves you have to to, to to take a discerning eye to just as much as the product being reviewed um that, that that's a thing I, that i think a lot of nerd culture needs to understand <laughs> yeah on i mean i i get it and honestly i mean part of it is also me just you know i i, I know i'm i'm just a sucker for you know looking for abuse and you know, I, I I do it to myself. Well, I, 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 I mean, it's not like it's unwarranted. Uh, about two years ago, I did a review for one of the Digimon fighting games, and like almost all the comments on that video, like I, I kind of wish that dislikes were still enabled so people could see the fact that that like dislike ratio would look like a Sith lightsaber right now. <laughs> people did not like that at all. Uh, even Gym Leader Ed was like, "Wow, you didn't like that game, really?" And and I was like, "No, I didn't, but that's my subjective opinion," and I explained why. It, as best I could, and, and people were free to disagree with me, but it certainly was one of those um, eye-opening moments where it's like, even though I felt passionately, people might feel differently, but I, I don't think everyone uh, gets that experience in the review writing you know, sphere. <laughs> speaking, speaking of which, honestly, the one that kind of opened my eyes was when you did Bloody Roar, and you actually got a bunch of the Bloody Roar community to be like, yeah, we're actually still around. We like fighting furries please 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 make a sequel please. do something i was like yeah this is good and it's, it's punching furries the way god intended oh, what a, yeah i know bloody roar is a great series i wish so, i wish they would have done something with it yeah so um no is that it for nerd news uh i do have one thing All uh, right. i don't play this game but i might have to now do I'm tell. trying to remember if he was or wasn't a villain character in this game. Nicolas Cage, as himself, is going to be playable in Dead by Daylight. Oh, yeah. No, I, I believe it's the game of... where you're, you're a couple of kids who are running away from a monster and you have to do a certain task. Like, I think you have to, like, I think this one is you have to, like, uh, fix, like, two or three generators and then a door opens or a mechanism opens to allow you to, to run away and during the entire yeah. time you're being chased by a monster. You're, you're basically Nicholas, playing a slasher film. As and a I'm movie. like, is Nicolas Cage playing a monster villain? And in this, <laughs> I'm like, which one is he playing, though? I'm like, he just did Vampire. He has his crazy dad from, um, that one movie, I can't Mom and remember. Dad. Mom, Mom and Dad. Mom and Dad, yeah. And I'm just like, I'm like, but I, it looks like he's just playing himself. And I'm like, but he's also played know, the hero. He's also played the hero. He was the hero in Willie's Wonderland. And if, if he plays the hero, then those slashers are just like completely SOL. <laughs> he, he's just going to destroy them all. 
I think he has to. Uh, I think he has to play the. Yeah, the he has to play by the rules. Yeah. Uh, couple of quick, couple of quick tidbits. I don't know uh, if it's worth talking about how certain things. Uh, some things I just uh, that I've kind of caught up on. Uh, Overwatch Two released their first part of their PVE DLC that you have to pay for, and it's barely anything. Very, very sad to see. Um, Shame. There was all. There was also. Uh, oh, Idol Showdown is apparently popular enough it's getting a side tournament at this year's evo which i thought was pretty cool huh. well because it, it's one of those things that you don't see a lot of you see so i know that the we don't i know that uh you know the fighting game community is a very is a very hot topic between uh, us and different different things and so i always like seeing the side tournaments because there's a lot of like a lot of like games like you can watch uh uh, Heritage of the Future. There's probably going to be a side turn of Heritage of the Future. Whether it's to be streamed or not is a different story. But I remember when I watched a stream of uh, one was Heritage of the Future, I believe, at one of the tournaments. One was a dark, uh, was a Vampire Saviors tournament okay, and a bunch of other stuff too, which was really fun to cool, uh, cool to see. There was a Hotiko no Ken one as well, which was really fun to see all the crazy infinites that game has with a bunch of different characters. It was just you know it's one of those kind of good fun time side things you can watch if you're if, if your current mainstay game is not you know, up and running at the time. Um, and I believe that's the stuff that I had written down so far, uh, wrote down. So that's it for me. Am I, the, I, I thought that they were done with Evo. I thought that Evo was, was done because they were like, wow, pretty much all of our, our promoters and all of our, our major players are just. No, that's E3. That's E3. E3 is No, done. no, I'm pretty sure E3, yeah, stopped, but I'm E3 pretty sure just E3 dropped dead in its tracks. Because pretty sure just E3 didn't have its, like, breaking news today. Turns out that every single major person involved with Activision is actually a... <laughs> And so let's move right along. <laughs> yes. So, but uh, uh, no, in Evo, yeah, that's pretty much the case. Every single major player, I'm like, you know what? They are a uh, a creep, and uh, they're they're they are hiding some things, and it it just it it works like uh, a clockwork, like clockwork. That <laughs> yeah, it turns out, <laughs> yeah, they're they're a bunch of creepy weirdos. And they probably should be investigated. And it's just, that's the thing. It's like you you become a member, a prominent member of the FGC, and then suddenly it happens. So, yeah. So, enough so of that. doctor wants me to be investigated. Okay, I'll see. I see well, how works. probably, but for different reasons. <laughs> Honestly, all the Tomo Bros are probably on a list of some stripe or the other. And uh, speaking of things that will put I, you I on a list. Not, I am not good enough to be a member of the FGC. I'm sorry. I, I am not. I, you see, when people are like, "Oh, frame data," I'm like, "You can you can see frames because I can't. I, I am blind. I All like right, it when I can cause the punch to shoot a fireball." Okay, All that's right. we're gonna stab. We're gonna stab here. Go on, Snake. We're moving on to our main topic. Yeah. Like, speaking of things that'll probably put you on oh. the list, we're gonna talk about cardboard crack, also known as wow. card games. This is probably gonna be an ongoing conversational uh series <laughs> knowing us but uh trading card games also known as cardboard crack is a is a drug yeah. that is direct that is uh injected directly into the eyes with beautiful imagery and as your wall as the money from your wall is slowly uh, sucked out of your body 
I mean, <laughs> yeah, basically. Several people, people are afflicted by this terrible, terrible condition every day. And yeah, some we're of all, them, um, card games can also act as a gateway drug to much harder and more terrifying activities, like people who have actual Warhammer sets. Yep. And, and uh, uh, Battletech models. <laughs> pray for those people. Whoa, they need all the support whoa. they can get. Well, wow, I'm feeling called out on that. <laughs> <laughs> called out too. I have a war I have a small Warhammer army. Oh, you gosh, poor, man, you, you poor all, we're seeing all the ones. Oh man, I'm, I'm so sorry for you and, and the fact that oh, you know I, that, I have a Warhammer army and on top of that I also have a, a Battletech star, so oh, yeah. I, I'm so sorry that they, they, that they ripped your soul out. I'm yeah, so too bad sorry. we don't have Noodle here to talk about his army too. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take the beating later for that. Old, he, you know, he, uh, he, he could probably put pictures of it up on his uh, his Twitter because they're actually really well painted. Huh? I like to he's see a, that. He's sometime. a pretty good painter. Um, but uh, jokes aside, trading card games—they're they're fun, but I hate them, and they hate me, but I like them. <laughs> And I think in some weird, twisted, abusive spouse kind of way, they might like me too. <laughs> trading, trading card games. I know how you feel. Like, the only, the only thing that came out of like the eighties and the nine, the eighties, the nineties, and, and the two thousands is going forward. That wasn't uh, uh, action figure mascots. Uh, I was gonna say Teletubbies. That's not one of those. Hey, Beanie Babies, um, and other collectible toy figurines that everyone well, thought was gonna be worth a million dollars in the past forty years. It just ended up becoming cards. <laughs> Blackwork. I- I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna pull out my actually, uh historian thing here, and I understand. You know, you're you're a little bit younger than the rest of us. Beanie Babies. Were the late nineties. That that was like late nineties, early aughts. I said eighties, nineties. I said eighties, nineties, and two thousands. That 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 is a huge amount. That's of time a here. lot of cultural flotsam to get through. Um, and speaking like of cultural all- flotsam, <laughs> it pretty much okay. Here's the thing: card trading card games, as we understand them, is a divergent evolution from where it started, because it started with like sports cards like mm-hmm. legit baseball cards that you would get in packs of gum and mm-hmm. people would try to get their favorite players and that was kind of like all there was to it it was just you collected them and traded them with your friends it, it wasn't until well magic was not the first but it was where it became mainstream and mm-hmm. magic oh boy you want to talk about a love-hate relationship <laughs> so I played Magic because a certain cog was like, hey, Snack, I have this game. It is called Magic. Would you like to try it? And I foolishly said yes, because this is how all drug addictions get started. And he's like, okay, this is how you play the game. And he showed me and then destroyed me. And I was like, oh, I better build my own deck instead of borrowing one of his, because he knows these decks too well. I can surprise him if I build my own. So I built my own, and he destroyed me again, um, because I wasn't very good. Oh, it reminds me of our interactions with Weisschwarz. Yeah. So, <laughs> so more on that in a second. So, like, long story short, I, I was like, you know what? I'm going to practice, and I'm going to, like, find what I'm good at and, and make a good deck. So I did. 
And eventually, we it was during the original Zendikar arc, if you guys want to, to date this. During the original Zendikar arc, Kag and I got really into Magic Online. And it was a cheap, efficient way of playing the game in a space we could play with, with anybody. And honestly, I like it way more than like all the modern incarnations of Magic, where they're like, look at how shiny our GUI is. Like, I don't care. I preferred Magic Online <laughs> because it was simpler and easier to use. And, and we, well, the uh, the bonus Magic Online had that I admit, because we started early. I started early. I, I, I remember yeah. we I, I got into the game on like set two or three or something. Like it was brand new pretty pretty new game it's getting really popular but right um or maybe not one or two i don't remember exactly but yeah it was pretty early i I can remember getting cards like from some of the earliest sets and and uh but the the nice thing that magic online had is you didn't get bullied at the local card shop or by the local like comic book shop when they had uh tournaments and things like that because holy crap kids were mean (laughs) mean back then yeah, and like we started practicing, and we started making some some cool decks. We're talking about we're talking about, we're talking about nerds picking on other nerds. Yeah, <laughs> like you're already at a card shop being a giant nerd, and now you're imposing yourself on another nerd, and and like it becomes like now you're the bully nerd, and it was just like it was it was it was not a good experience. I, I, I just like, need that clip from Sonic Boom where Sonic's just like <laughs> children can be so cruel and they sense weakness. Yeah, <laughs> this is what Clockwork was missing. He he. I, I, he never went to the arcade and got bullied by, you know, uh, I, I went to the arcade you know, all the time. What are you talking about? And yet you're always about, uh, I need rollback net code so I can play other people. I'm like, you, you can go to an arcade. Dude, arcades uh, are, I've heard about arcades those. Arcades don't exist that much anymore. anymore. More to uh, the point, are very far, few and far between nowadays. More to the mm-hmm. point, what, what what we're talking about here is it gave us a platform for our addiction, which, which is always That's how nice. these things escalate. And actually, Cog and I were like tournament ready. We were actually really, really consistently good. Um, and yeah, we were playing against another buddy of mine that actually copied the world. The we were beating him too. He was he was um he was he, uh, I mean he didn't know how to play the deck, but I recall he copied. Wasn't that the, the five most, color control deck? It was a five color control that he literally spent like five hundred bucks to um copy um the world champion at the time. I, he copied his deck and and we had decks that I think my deck cost me seven bucks because I had like one legendary and everything else was commons and uncommons. I think I spent like thirty or forty. You you were more into it than me, but I had yeah. like two or three really consistently solid decks, and that's the thing. It was like the, the card games are a rich man's game, and if you want the the, the best and the meta, uh, you always shell out. And meta game meta into gaming is um, a, a whole episode that I could talk about at ad nauseum, but that's not here nor there. So the thing is, we did really good. And then, well, real life got in the way. We fell off. That rotated out of standard. And yeah, kind of killed my drive. Uh, 
Standard rotation is one of those things that Magic invented to keep people buying fresh cardboard crack. And it's also one of the things that drove me out of the game entirely. Um, it's not fun to work and engineer a really cool deck, and then like three months later, they're like, eh, nobody plays with those cards. So side note, uh I from a friend who does from a friend who does play and from uh and from another standpoint, the current actual most played uh to my knowledge, the most played um set, not set, uh format. That's the word I'm looking for. Format is it is infinite, which is every set, whatever you want, doesn't matter. And the more popular commander. Which is you have one legendary card at your commander, and you have like a deck of like a hundred cards of of a hundred cards, but it's only one card of whatever you have. Yeah, commander um, just started. Um, like commander, I remember when people started playing commander. Yes, commander is like, and they've all started making commander decks to to kind to 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 feed off of people playing it. Yeah, but that has actually superseded. Both uh, superseded people playing standard in casual play because commander well, finding commander in, in casual play, yes. But go to any comic shop holding a tournament, and it's always going to be standard or draft. Well, that's mm-hmm. because that's what is tournament setting. If you're just playing, but most places, if you're just going there on a normal day, you have people playing uh, commander or infinite or whatever have you. There will be some people, yes, who are playing their standard decks to, you know, maybe try to win a local tournament and stuff like that, but you don't generally play a ton of, you don't generally play that many commander. Uh, I mean, there are commander tournaments. I don't know how many there are, but I mean, it's my experience. This is my anecdotal evidence. And so you can take this for what you think it's worth, but like, because all the tournaments are standard, all the decks that I'd run into when I went there in person were always in the standard uh, standard set. Mm. And if your deck wasn't, like they wouldn't even bother playing with you. Like Dutaku and I went to uh, a couple in in the area and like met some 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 of them were pretty cool and some of them were uh, not. And it, it was very much this mindset of, we're we standard. Why are you using old stuff? And we're just like, this sucks. These are the decks we have. This is the, all we this, got. This is, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I had other decks at the time, but I mean, they were kind of sort of in storage in another state on the yeah. other side of the Also, country. just to point out, like I said, we, like, me and Cog said commander is more recent. It's not right. like the beginning of of this. So you would, if you're talking about the more, it, it's not that like, recent. Well, it's, still it's been around for a while now. But it, not when I originally. No, yeah, going yeah. Command, out beforehand. Commander's been around for a while now. But not like when I originally started really playing. When I start like gotcha. when I started getting into like Ice Age and stuff like that. That's when I really started getting the cards and stuff like that. Oh, okay, okay. That okay. was like. <laughs> That's like 15 years ago. Exactly, right? <laughs> Interesting yeah, concept of that recent. That's not that long. Clockwork says as he feels older. You're getting older. Yeah. <laughs> and, and let's not um, let, let's not forget that uh with any successful franchise comes its imitators. And the many, many myriad attempts at additional forms of cardboard crack. 
like and duel masters <laughs> duel masters <laughs> which which hold uh on. hold on i'm sorry clockwork i'm gonna have to come over to your house and you know slap you with my glove in order so we can you know actually go out and and fight marvel versus capcom 2 for this because duel masters is the best pinnacle it is the pinnacle of trading card games in terms of the way that the game is set up, the way that the game plays, and the fact that it actually is really intuitive and it's very simple. It's not like Magic the Gathering where you have to have a Bible upon a Bible upon a Bible of just thousands of pages of these are all the mechanics that you need to know because the game's been around for 30 years and there's a rata for pretty much everything. <laughs> Funny no. enough, that is that is true, yes, in a sense. But if you're but going back to the whole standard conversation, then uh certain mechanics get phased out that if you're playing standard, you don't have to worry about them as much. And so you don't have to worry about that season's mechanics depending on what sets are that stuff. Like the adventure, like the adventure mechanic from the D D set, I think is still I think might still be around. I don't know if that's actually standard or not still, but yes, but you are, but if you're doing like infinite or commander, yes, you are true. You are correct on that. But I also have to counter with Yu-Gi-Oh and it's needing for a magnifying glass on every like high end card because it requires the blood sacrifice of a goat. It requires your left <laughs> finger, okay, your okay, left finger right. on your I right said, hand. I, said <laughs> I didn't say, Anything about Yu-Gi-Oh! I'm, right. I'm just saying, when you're talking about magnifying glass to a cart, I'm like, there's games that do it much worse than that. Uh, clockwork, don't quote the old magic to me. I was literally there when it first came out. I have, I know about Yu-Gi-Oh! I know how ridiculous and stupid it was. <laughs> I played it for many a moon, and... Part of the reason why I don't play it anymore is because I'm not the the best of seeing things, people. And so, you know, yes, as you say, when you're like, you need an electron microscope and you're you, someone with 20-20 vision to be able to actually read what's on a Yu-Gi-Oh card. You know, imagine what poor Ditaku, who needs an electron microscope in order to use his computer, it's like, ah, uh, well, I guess I'm out of this game. So, yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah. is one of the card games that underwent an interesting transformation from we attempted to parrot magic to we have no idea what we're done with our lives anymore. Well, Yu-Gi-Oh! came after Pokemon, if I recall. I believe Pokemon so. was, is, and I believe Pokemon is actually the next most played card yeah. game out there beyond, um, beyond magic. Actually... Yu-Gi-Oh! No, what's up? Yu-Gi-Oh! The manga with Magic and Wizards, which later became Duel Monsters, ah, okay. basically is contemporaneous with Pokemon, the actual video games. So, gotcha. All I'm saying is my, my, we jumped to Yu-Gi-Oh! The next most played card game beyond magic is pokemon 
No, no. And then Yu-Gi-Oh's like fourth or fifth tier down. Yeah. It's just it's infamous because, well, let's put it this way: Pokemon, do, the trading card game, doesn't have you know a a long-running anime where you have. It's like, wow! I'm going to become king of the Pokemon card trainers. Yes, it was. A, it was a. It was a. Yeah, it was a. Uh, Which honestly, I was let's, thinking let's about make it now. a show and then build the card game, and then the card game. The show's not going to really follow the rules, and so, well, okay. To be perfectly honest, the the show came first, and the card game was built basically for the narrative. In, in trying to make sense of the fact that you know certain things happened because the artist was like, I- "I'm trying to create a good story. I'm not trying to think about things in terms of mechanics." That's how he launched his Gaia the Dark Knight using his catapult turtle to break the flotation ring and <laughs> drop the castle on all his monsters. <laughs> okay, totally making sense. The way yeah. the way it was described to me, and I think this makes sense, is if you think about it instead of you know, oh, it's like Magic the Gathering. Instead of thinking like that, think about it in terms of, oh, instead of it being like a competitive trading card game, think about it in terms of it being a tabletop game. And you go, yeah, you know what? Korgath, the Volkenstein, would <laughs> use a catapult turtle in order to launch himself at the floating flotation ring in order to destroy the floating castle. He would do that because he would. And don't tell me that he wouldn't otherwise. That so, makes perfect sense, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, you know, let's let's not say that the anime didn't give us some amazing moments. Now, now here's my personal anecdote with that. Uh, I want. Well, I just wanted to point. I just want to uh, put in there. But as the show went on, as they started adding more seasons, they got off the island, et cetera, so forth. They started fine tuning the the mechanics. And the rules to start suiting the game better, somewhat. So like, because uh, yeah. like I believe like in the original, like in the like the it was like you only start like what four was it four thousand hit points or something, and then now they they went up to like eight thousand I think in season two. Like okay, now they're now they're bringing the game over over to what the cards are, so that way. Um, okay. That way, you, more people can kind of follow and play a law. Other than as we as we just stated, launching what? Gaia into the ring, etc. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to correct you on that once again. Season six is when things got pretty much lined up because up to that point, it was the the original manga. After season six. That's when things, the original manga ended, and Konami basically laughed itself all the way to the bank and was like, ha, Metal Gear, what's that? I got Pachinko and Yu-Gi-Oh now. Well, kind of kind of pulling it back uh, a bit. Yeah, there, there's a lot of other card games out there. My, my, my issue with Magic at this point isn't really based on the game honestly i think it's still a good game it's not i don't have any issues with the formats and things like that necessarily my my more issue was just not wanting to support wizards anymore as an organization and they're um that gets into a lot more political uh political stuff and i just i just 
Dick of Wizard as, as an organization overall. So that's what pushed me to branch out into a lot of other card games. So that, that's actually a great segue. Let's talk about some of the card games that we have played over the years. Cog, why don't you start us off since you're kind of responsible for the snowball here. Oh, man. <laughs> well, I just need to start. What do you want me to do? Just start listing off card games? Yeah, fire away. Uh, well, List up your sins. Magic. I played the old Star Wars card game. Pokemon, of course, I was really into. Yu-Gi-Oh! Digimon. The old, original Digimon card game. Um, goodness. Have you, uh, you played the, the remake? The, the new I've card played game? the remake. Yeah, I played the, I've played the remake a bit. Um uh, uh poker <laughs> is another one um but we're 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 we're, we're sticking with uh, battle card games right so um i gosh i've tried a ton of them um that's the i don't think the the chillins would care you know if i started talking about whist or cribbage so <laughs> um android netrunner um one of my all-time favorite—that's a whole other conversation. Whether you want to differentiate between like living card games and trading card games, because um, that's that's a whole other thing as well. Um, uh, let's you focus can on differentiate between those. What what constitutes a trading card game versus a living card game? So a trading card game is. Um, one where you're going to go buy like booster packs and things like that, something like Magic um, or Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh! as well, I've played. Um, uh, Cardfight Vanguard is another one. Um, the Dragon Ball card game I've messed around with. Um, so anyway, uh, the difference between a living card game and a um, trading card game is the trading card game is the one where you're going to have more of like standard sets and you're going to be uh, going to get like booster packs and things like that. And there's there's regular sets that come out. A living card game is more like they put out a box set and you get that entire box of something like Ascension, for example, is a living card game where you don't go to buy a, like a, de- a single deck or a booster pack, which I, I've been moving more towards living card games because what ends up happening is you go and you buy the whole thing. When you go to buy, for example, with Ascension, when they, Ascension puts out a new set, you're not getting an expansion. You're getting an entire standalone game in and of itself. Uh, with like 36, I think it's like you're getting like 100, 120, or Dominion. I've played Dominion is another one I really enjoy. If I may interrupt for just a second, the uh, Android Netrunner, that's the one where that's the card game where you're, you're, you have two decks, one's a corporation and one's the Netrunner. Yeah, one's the Netrunner. Pick up cards and you pretty much see if does a Netrunner win or does the corporation win, right? That's a live. That's actually that's the your def, that's That is also a living. Game. That is a yes. living card game. Yes. I wanted so, that game. I wanted that set for so long, and I believe it's out of print or not printing anymore. And I hate myself for not getting it sooner. Yeah, they 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 killed. Uh, they didn't kill it, but they Fantasy Flight stopped producing it because they lost the um the license or something like that. But it's mm-hmm. uh there's there's been a resurgence, um in the in the fan community and stuff because it's mm-hmm. such a popular game 
All right, um, go on. Sorry about but, I just yeah, to long, this, yeah. <laughs> long, long roundabout way is saying is is a living card game or or like Call of Cthulhu, for example. It's another one. It's a living card game. It, it, it's like you go and you buy a whole box. It's like you get a hundreds of cards at one one time and you you share those cards to play the game together versus like oh, I got to get this booster pack. I got to get that booster pack. And then, you know, you're, you're doing construction, like, based on the criteria of standard, not standard. So that would be another option, Mr. Snack, which is something I've been exploring, is living card games are a lot more uh, sustainable, in my, my opinion. That's true. Um, but every time I play Ascension, of, you like, just financially. Oh, well, because I've been playing Ascension for, like... A decade now, or more than a decade like, now. You guys don't I, understand, okay? We, we would play this game for like, we, there was a weeks at a time at one, one stretch where we were playing basically nonstop. And like, I don't even understand how he would do it, but he would just like, oh, I won. And I was like, oh, like, what was the divide? And he's like, oh, I only beat you by 800,000 points. <laughs> and I'm like, what? How did you do that? We had like almost the same number of cards. Like, I, I'm pretty sure I did the math and the differential should have been like two. And he's like, no, it's 800,000. And, and then he's like, oh, it's all these like expansion decks. Do you want to try those? And I was like, sure. Okay. And it can't possibly be that complicated. And I found this one deck and I was like, okay, I'm pretty comfortable with this. I'm actually, I'm actually pretty good. I think I have a good chance at winning this. And he's like, oh man, I only beat you by like 600,000 points this time. You're doing way better. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. right. I'm deleting this app. I'm deleting this app. <laughs> so uh yeah that uh i got a little salty not gonna lie <laughs> yeah well just uh, my, my my point is I, I really enjoy um i i i'm leaning more and more towards living card games versus um trading card games just i mean i still like playing trading card games it's just that the Anytime you pick up the trading card game, you're um, you're you're in the money chase. If you want to, if you want to be competitive, you have to be in the money, or you're you know you're not going to be in standard. Or you can, I mean, Magic has a lot of formats, though. It's just, but the problem is, like we talked about, finding where to play. And I mean, yeah. Magic's one of the most popular games that you can find. So if you wanted to play something else that's not as popular, it gets that much harder. But like, um, yeah, I mean, because they have extended formats and they have legacy formats and all that kind of stuff, too. That's I mean, reality is you're supposed to it's a game. You're supposed to have fun with it. But, mm -hmm. um, yeah, my, my problem, again, I still think Magic's a fun game. It's just my problem is more so the community, the 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 mainstream Magic community, I guess you would call it, and just not wanting to support Wizards anymore. Which is fair. So I, I think it's overall just kind of a, a, a and, and I could be putting words in your mouth, but I, I kind of get the same sense I, I'm feeling uh, basically from Games Workshop. It's, it's just kind of this overall current of don't worry, small consumer child person, even though you are, you know, the one supporting us, we will show you how to have the good, right fun. Pat, pat, yeah. pat on the head. Don't worry, we'll take care of it for you because you're too stupid and dumb to know the difference. Pat, pat, pat. Yes. I, yes. Yeah. 
Yes. So I, I still think, I mean, I don't, other than, other than that, I mean, is magic a, a fun game? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun game. I don't, I don't have any, uh, any issues with it. Um, but again, I think all the other stuff around it, I just, yeah, I, 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 I can appreciate loving the game and hating the community that fosters it. So uh, but I'm kind of glad because of that, I was able to branch out and, you know, find a whole bunch of other games that I yeah. enjoy. Wow, that's significantly more anyway now. Wow, Professor, I think you just described my relationship with Exalted. (laughs) Speaking of, Titaku, (laughs) list your card game sins for us. Oh my gosh. Um, Well, um, I when I was a wee wee baboo back in Yolden times when we were riding dinosaurs and you know wearing our baseball caps. backwards or dare i say sideways oh man and calling each other dog and or huzz uh i played magic i wasn't particularly good at it i didn't have a whole lot of cards um and well uh that's when i got sucked into Yu-Gi-Oh! and i met this one guy named professor snack which is weird because we were in high school and he was a professor but you know. <laughs> <laughs> professor of monster studies, yes. And um you know, we we played a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh together. In fact, we basically broke several of the uh Yu-Gi-Oh games over our knee. And then um well, life happened. I I kind of fell out of magic and Yu-Gi-Oh. Um and I've kind of dipped my toes back into Matt both of those pretty much you know a little bit over the years I kind of fell off with Yu-Gi-Oh it, after about 2013 or so I'm like this has gotten ridiculous I don't even know what's going on anymore um, and with Magic I, I was pretty up with it up until about the very first Ravnica I really liked the Ravnica block. Um, the the fact that it was uh, kind of the uh, the various guilds and the various play styles they had were all really cool. Um, I, I was a big fan of Orzov and the fact that uh, because and here's here's my main problem with Magic. I absolutely detest the land system. I absolutely detest it. Pokemon does this. Um, yeah. Magic does this. A bunch of games do it. Because, well, Magic does it. But the entire thing of, oh, we're just going to have a section in your deck just be a resource card. And that's all it is. It's not interesting. It's not fun. But you need to, to have it for the, the game. And you have to have, you know, oh, what's the exact calculation in order to know when you're going to get these resource cards? And inevitably what happens is, is Ditaku is going through his calculations in his head and goes, oh, all right, I need this amount of resources. And inevitably, I will either get nothing but resources or I'm going, I just need one land. I just need one land. I just need, please, RNGesus. Part of the cards, whatever. I just need one land. 
And meanwhile, my my opponent's like, me, I have 20 Phyrexian Marauders or whatever. It's like, you know, I wish I, I had whatever good sense you had in terms of deck building there. You know, hypothetical straw man villain. Because I just don't, I don't got it. Which you is know, why I really like Duel Masters. Because they don't have that resource card. All the other cards are resource cards. Oh, I'm sorry. What was that, Professor? Oh, no, I was just going to regale you with a tale uh, of when Cog and I were playing uh, two-headed giant format on Magic Online. And he had this really, really nasty Infect deck. Um, I don't think Infect's been in the game for a while. But basically, if you put 10 Infect counters on your opponent, they're just dead. And you win. It's super fast-paced and super aggressive. So I was like, what could I do to make Cog invincible? So I built a deck around the, the mirrors, I think is how you say it. They're, they're artifact creatures, and they generate mana. So I made a... a oh, hmm? I really like the mirrors. They, they, they're kind of cute how they're like little robot birds. Yeah, yeah they are. I remember them. They are. And uh, I made a, a green-white-blue totem armor deck which was a type of enchantment. And basically, uh, we would play two-headed giant, and we would have people rage quit, like turn two, when they saw the fact that I made a deck to supplement an infect deck. In fact, we had some guys quit because Cog played an infect deck. We it was amazing like how frequently they would just see one infect card, and they're like, oh, opponent has left the match. It's like, oh. Well, we win. <laughs> and, and like we had people re- legit. So like Again, it was a support deck. By itself, my deck could not have won any fights. At least not without a very big uphill battle. Uh, but it was designed to support COG and just basically do just enough to keep myself alive in the process. So like we would kill guys lightning fast, or they would just rage quit. <laughs> Because apparently having friends is against the rules in magic. Basically, what so what I'm hearing from this is that you two got you guys basically became a arc villain in Yu-Gi-Oh. Yes. Where yeah, you'd be <laughs> like, you know, I am Snick and I am Cog, and we together are the really annoying duo. <laughs> oh no, it's the really annoying duo. Yeah, we gotta team up too. I think if I and it's uh, just a uh, side note is that I I think they, I must have changed the name of it beforehand because uh, I remember in fact does the exact same effect if uh, unless they change the name as uh, Venom which used to be on the I think it was a I don't remember the card I think it's like a King Cobra uh, on the one of the original cards that uh, when he atta- it's a one one snake but if it bit. If it attacked and hit the player, uh, it would give him a Venom token. If he collected 10 Venom tokens, he would automatically lose the game. Yeah, the same basic idea. Like It was called Infect, wasn't it, Cog? Yep, Infect was the mechanic originally when we were using it. Yeah, that was back in the Zendikar Um, days, so I don't really know before or after. I I don't know how that effect works, because there's a card. It's not in circulation, of course, but if you're to play like 
you know, Commander or Infinite, there's a card called Platinum Angel. Platinum Angel? I think it was Platinum Angel, if I remember correctly. And the, it's a literal effect is you don't, you cannot lose the game and and your opponent can't, I think it was your opponent uh, can't win the game. If it's on the field. That, that, <laughs> that's the, the, field. That, like, the, the, the very specific way magic cards are phrased is like, first off, it's very legalistic. Like, Okay, here's a good example of this. In, during Zendikar, one of the sub-arcs was the Eldrazi, which is basically their version of like Lovecraftian horrors. Yeah. And the biggest of them was a 12-12 colorless creature that had no modifiers you could take advantage of and was immune to all colored effects. So Kog and I ran into this thing a couple of times, and it became apparent that we needed an answer to this thing. So I did a little bit of research, and because of the very legalistic way the cards are worded, we discovered a like three-mana spell card in white could banish it, because even though it's a white card, the effect resolved colorlessly. So we had a situation in a two-headed giant game where a guy managed to do the combo necessary to summon this gigantic creature, and in the very next turn, I immediately banished it from the game. And his entire deck was not worthless, because it's legendary, so we only had one copy. <laughs> the guy rage quit on the spot. Um, because I really hate one-trick decks, and I don't feel the least bit guilty about this. And, but, like, yeah, that's a thing. And Let's talk about... Yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> I'm about to confess my sins. We, to... we we haven't even touched on like digital card games either. Yeah, we've just been yeah. going through like physical the, the like, stuff that we've held cards you can hold in your hand. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, let, let's hmm? I like bringing up Hearthstone and all these other ones. It's, okay. it's funny because we've had three three tangents and I'm still not done. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, just okay. So, anyways, uh, yes, I, I, you know, uh, there was an interesting situation whereupon a, the professor and I almost got into a uh, kind of a Stanley Kubrick esque situation where we were literally snowed in. We had no power, no heat, and so no we were water. just like. Yeah, let's uh let's you know break out Weishfarts. So, you know, for an entire day we just played Weishfarts. Um that was fun. That uh, one I when I've I've I mean obviously I have a deck, but I I mean it's like the mechanics are kind of a cuz it's made by the same developer. It's Bushy Road, so it's 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 kind of a um an offshoot of Vanguard. My knowledge and um yeah you know ironically actually uh the, the funny thing about season 3 of the podcast is that we keep getting lost episodes we had a lost episode of you know the isekai you know 2 isekai 2 was a lost episode we also had a lost episode where we were going to learn the remake of the digimon trading card game and that didn't happen unfortunately because zoom is awful and so are but, its contemporaries. Yes. So I mean, I, I I actually really really like what I've seen of the uh, Digimon remake. I might be a little bit biased because I actually managed to snag myself uh, pretty much all my favorites as starters. But um, 
Yeah, that's that's basically the one trading card game I'm I'm allowing myself now because <laughs> you know I have so many other crippling addictions, especially to gotcha. That that's another drug addiction we can touch upon. <laughs> it's all right. Fate I, I, I can change her. I, no, I can change fate. No, no, you can't. <laughs> you literally cannot change fate. But but she's the cute little King Arthur and she shoots lasers. I, I it's she's never going to change, dude. Just accept it. Uh all right, that that's it. Okay, clockwork, your card game sins. Uh, I was also going to point out, I I had to look up the card because I'm like, there's an answer to that. And I realized it's not as good as your answer. It was uh, the World Slayer equipment card from uh, Mirrodin. Ah. It's a five equip. It's a five, uh, five colorless, five equip. Uh, if you attack the, uh, it's a, attack the opponent. I thought it was deal combat damage to anything and destroy all permanents under the World Slayer on the field. And it resolves colorlessly, so everything would be go- everything would be set straight. But apparently, it has to actually deal damage to the player, which is bad, which is not as good as I thought it was. Unfortunately, yeah. you so know that doesn't it, work out. Yeah, this just kind of proves my point about magic being ridiculous. Um, but. uh, to list, uh, I've played a lot of I played a lot of Pokemon early on. I never really went. To, I never did any tournaments or anything for any of the games, but I collect a good amount of pokemon uh my brother continuously tells me that i need to drop like 100 200 bucks and get my binder uh graded because he says i have some cards in there that are probably worth a lot of money um from when i collected it uh, when they first came out because i remember because i was one of the when they started coming out out i was one of the first people to go into a card shop and get like one of their like first edition, like only packs or something like that. I think are worth like a ton of money. Now it is. Um, I did get, uh, I still have, I, I, I hoard these things by the way. I'd like never get rid of them. I have uh Digimon cards from the old Digimon game too. Um, I never learned how to play that. And I don't think I have a deck to actually play it, but I have them. <laughs> All right. <laughs> which is like, which is like the, uh, which is like the thing. And to Cog's point, I started looking more into the uh, live card game kind of thing because I thought those were really cool. Well, especially Android Netrunner because I was like, that sounds really fun. Um, I mean, you can still, I think you can still track down Netrunner stats. So, I mean, they're not, they're just not, they're just throw down like three, four hundred bucks for them. Well, yeah, they're, they're (laughs) collectibles now, but yeah, it's, um, it's it's hard to get, but yeah, I mean, I think you could probably play it on Tabletop Simulator too. I have. Oh yeah, absolutely. You can play. You can play all sorts of stuff on Tabletop Simulator. Um, but to to the point is that uh, the is that because those because I did like I did really like the idea that you know the game is always playable. Well, it's it's like it's a it's just like a tabletop game. You just play with cards, cards, and then like if they decide to release like an expansion set or something, you have those cards too. It's like cool. You just never you never have to buy like eight hundred packs to make a deck and then do this and do that. And then you as we talked about your set runs your your set runs out of uh, circulation. Next, you know you have to spend another three four hundred dollars to make Clockwork. a new one or something, and it, and the cycle continues on. Clockwork. <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking at a JavaScript version of Android Netrunner right now online. Oh, cool! Um, yeah, well, you I play, can play it. it I is- uh, 
I've played. Uh, I play Magic the Gathering. I played uh, as we've uh, we've talked about. I played a lot of Magic the Gathering. I played every now and then. I mostly just collect a lot of the cards. Um, I've been more in tune with it recently because a lot of my uh, a lot of friends I uh, out, I play with outside the Tomorrow's do play Magic the Gathering, and uh, one or two of them have actually wanted to open their own card shops and everything because apparently it's a very lucrative thing you can do nowadays is open a card shop. Which I thought was kind of weird because I thought cards were kind of running their course, but then a big upsurge, especially with uh, COVID and everything, happened, and then suddenly, suddenly, bam, bam, everybody's playing tables. Oh, because no one can go outside and everything like that, which makes sense. Um, <clears throat> and I know that, uh, and uh, just kind of go through through uh, a one that I played a lot of. I actually played a lot of with friends because we were big anime. Uh, we were. I was a lot. Uh, I was a way big uh, anime nerd back back in the day. For uh, I'm not as much anymore. Was the Naruto card game. I have a ton of those cards too. And the weird mechanic that that game had was that uh, your card had a power and a toughness to them, and you attack you attack another player's card if I remember correctly. But if your card won. It wouldn't kill the card per se. It would wound it, um, and then you would flip the card horizontally, and it would have new stats. Uh, particularly the Naruto himself, I think was only like a one-two or something like that, or like a one-three. I'm not. I don't, I'm not gonna look it up and start googling every single card. But it, when he got attacked and wounded, he became a three-one. Meaning the next time he attacked, depending on the card, you might actually be able to destroy the card that attacked him. Because in the show, being the hot-blooded protagonist, etc. and so forth. Um, and they also or had a lot, he's a, a lot of like... He's sorry? A, I was about to say, or because he's a dummy, and inevitably what would happen is is he always gets thrashed, and then he somehow pulls out, you know, the, I'm going to use my demon chakra, and he just mm. wins because demon chakra. Exactly. Uh, one actually, it's not on this list that I posted in the thing. I was one of the original purchasers of the World of Warcraft or Warcraft trading card game as well, and I actually still have one of their raid decks because it was a card game. It was a trading card game, but they also made PVE content for it too. Where you would play the raid boss. Well, I guess it's still PvP technically speaking, but you still you one player would play the raid boss, and then the other player would play the 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 hero trying to defeat the raid boss. And I was like, that's a really cool concept. It's like even though you're still playing against each other, it's like, can you defeat Anixia? Can you defeat Anixia uh, with your current deck? And you played like, yes, you can, or no, you can't. And they all had like different things. Like after you did a certain amount of damage, phase two would happen. And phase two, a bunch of other stuff happened. And then phase three happened, a bunch of other stuff happened. And you pretty much, please, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, please tell me that there's like a, a AFK card or like a, a toxic behavior in the group card so that the, the, the raid boss can be like, ah, looks like your DPS is AFK or looks like your healer is really, really, really annoying and is going to lower your cohesion. Oh. They have some jokes in there kind of like that, like getting knocked into the uh, like getting knocked into the egg pit, which summoned a bunch of whelplings that made the rate the fight so much harder than it needed to be and stuff like that. Oh, I don't no, believe no. it had uh, I don't believe it had the more I don't remember if it had the 
more dots, more dots meme in there from that one from that one thing. It did have Leroy Jenkins in it, if I remember correctly. Or one of the cards was a Leroy Jenkins card, and it did exactly what you thought it uh, did. Uh, <laughs> um, which was always which was really funny. Uh, it was a really interesting card game because you had because you you had it was. It was kind of like Commander and Magic because you started out with your hero being played in the on the field, which was a priest, a warrior, a druid, whatever it was, and then you would have uh, minions and equipment you could attach to him to accompany it. Now you have Hearthstone, which is superseded, of course, and you play that, and that, and the card game has been out of print for forever. But the biggest thing to come out of it uh, for a while was the cards that also had in-game rewards like uh you can look it up for yourself the spectral tiger card which is i think worth i think two grand three grand now i something around those lines <laughs> usd um and we i mean there's gonna be a whole episode about how about like the original black lows being like 50 million dollars something like that that's the that's the exaggeration by the way it's not 50 million dollars oh it could be if people were or or pricing it that way hey it's not worth that much but you know but uh but i'm not going to get into that uh and then i have and then the most i think the most obscure game i've i had cards of was the harry potter trading card game because i don't know why i just have the harry potter trading card game and the card game had and the and the crux of it was that instead of playing lands, you played books of knowledge of the different schools of magic. And you need and to summon creatures, you need to have knowledge in and in uh, magical creature care. If you wanted to transform your opponent to a chicken, you need to have transmogrification and magic knowledge, et cetera, so forth in that way. <laughs> All right. So I guess it's only fair that that I do the same and actually uh, confess my own sins. Oh, and um, Duel Masters. I, I totally forgot about Duel Masters, but we've already talked about that. All right. Uh, started with magic. Thanks, Cog. <laughs> Got into Yu-Gi-Oh! Because I saw the anime and I was like, this is so zany. I just like, I need to see what this is about. And uh, my fun Yu-Gi-Oh! story, I was actually house-sitting for family. and. I do not have cable where I live because I have the internet, so who cares? Uh, so I was like, you know, what? I'm going to turn on the TV and see what's on. And by pure chance, I came upon an episode of Yu-Gi-Oh! Zexel, which is way after I stopped watching. I did not complete the original series. I think I finished the Noah Kaiba arc and kind of petered out then. Uh I was aware of GX, and later Ditaku and I sat down and watched a good bit of 5Ds, which was better than it had any right to be. So I did not have any context for this, but all I see is main character guy is standing on a roller coaster car as it's rolling, and the villain is on another one going opposite ways down the roller coaster track. And they're like, we have to finish this duel before the cars collide and everybody dies. And I'm like, what? Why? <laughs> what, what set of circumstances allowed this to happen? And why are we not making it a higher priority to stop the roller coaster and then finish the duel on the ground? <laughs> like, what happened? I don't know. 
I was just completely blown away by that. Oh, not get even going into the fact that 5Ds literally had ancient Indian burial ground motorcycles. Y- yeah. Yeah. That's a thing. <laughs> did, did did I ever mention that, you know, uh, Kazuki Takahashi, the original author, kind of walked away from Yu-Gi-Oh! after a certain point, and you can kind of tell? Yeah. Yeah, you can tell. <laughs> was it before was it before or after Dungeon and Dice Monsters? Uh, that would be after. <laughs> it was actually after. Yeah. Um, so I, I played Yu-Gi-Oh! pretty much the first generation of cards, uh, but not too long after, because really playing the video games was like the more easy and economical way of playing Yu-Gi-Oh! And honestly, the other people who played Yu-Gi-Oh! were just completely insufferable human beings. So that said, um, I had a, I owned a few Pokemon cards, but I was more of a collector. I never actually played the game. I had no energy cards in my collection, and I never had anything worth of any value, and I think I gave them to a friend who actually did play pretty regularly. Um, I sold all my Yu-Gi-Oh cards, and I have a couple boxes with some of my old Magic cards in them. I have not touched them in a very long time, and I don't think Magic Online servers work anymore, so whatever I had there is gone. Uh, I Okay, now I get into the incriminating stuff, but Yutaku already knows about this. I don't feel as bad. I had a few decks of the My Little Pony trading card game, and yes, that's the thing that exists. And the, the thing is, it had a really interesting conceit, because you weren't trying to bludgeon your enemy to death. Instead, what would happen is in the middle of the field, there were problems, and they had certain requirements you had to fulfill with the cards that you played into your side of the field. And you had to dedicate your ponies to a certain problem for a certain duration of time, and then you would claim the problem card and it would become a point in your favor. And so it wasn't you weren't trying to kill the other player, you were trying to solve the problem cards before your enemy does and gets to claim them. And it was actually really good. I, I was actually kind of blown away at how genuinely entertaining this ended up being. Well, uh, speaking speaking of that, you're, you're, you forgot one living card game that actually uh, you you and your sister introduced me to. Ah, uh, yes. Let us talk about the friendship-destroying game known as Unstable Unicorns. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ditaku, <laughs> my sister, and I were playing this game. And the thing is, the, the game's rules are insanely simple. It's all summed up on one. It's, it's a, a, an instruction card the size of one of the regular trading cards. And it's like, you play one card per turn, and you do what that card tells you to do. And that's it. And all you have to do is get seven unicorns into your field, and you win. That's the game. Super simple, right? No. <laughs> These unicorns have special effects, and these special effects include things like destroy a unicorn in your field, and then destroy a unicorn in everyone else's field, or sacrifice this unicorn in order to like summon two others, and then trigger and resolve their effects. So the chain reactions you could cause were absolutely cataclysmic. Ditaku literally threatened to climb over the table and punch me in the face for certain plays that were made during this game. He had a card, which I was about to win. I, I had six unicorns, and then he drops a card on me with a smug little hint, which changed all unicorns on my side of the field 
to pandas. And so any other cards that I tried to play, and I had one particular unicorn that it was like the suspiciously fertile unicorn, I want to say. Yeah, where she was out baby unicorns. Just pop out baby unicorns every single turn. That's just all she did. And so I was, I had like 15 unicorns, but technically they were all pandas because of this one card. And I was <laughs> trying to find a way to figure out what to do with it. It took me a while. It, yeah, he, he threatened physical violence. And I believe the catchphrase of the game is, you know, uh, anger your friends. Uh, unicorns are your friends now. <laughs> They're not wrong, well, by the way. <laughs> I really enjoy, uh, yeah, so moving to living card games, there's a lot of those that I enjoy. I mean, like Race for the Galaxy um, is is another one. Um, they call it Cthulhu card game. Um, Ascension I brought up. Dominion, which Dominion was probably one of the most prominent like deck building type living card games. Then Ascension kind of spun off ascension is basically kind of like a the 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 child of magic the gathering plus dominion um and then there's just been a ton of other ones since then or i mean not even since then but there's been just a ton of other there's a there's a ton of other ones out there and a lot of them are actually really good but the nice thing again just mechanics wise is you don't have to play the money chase you're playing the game for the fun of playing the game you know it's not a um it's not something where uh you're you're um oh i'm i lost because my opponent has this you know two or three like ridiculous overpowered cards in their deck that you know basically makes them unstoppable because that was what i was running into i mean you know the the cool thing with magic is both yes it's it's very customizable but then it's also you know it's every every card game has ways to break you know the meta or you know what i mean it has its meta that's that's the thing that's that's the proper term yeah every card game has its meta um you know and it's like we could go like i said this is probably going to be a continuing series because i'm sure me and smet can go into a long whole other conversation and, and, and oh we sure can and, like we, yeah, yeah. we uh, haven't even gotten to teppin yet we haven't even brought up we haven't even brought up the digital card games and teppin and and some of these other ones um that are out there um i'm but, just saying ladies <laughs> ladies Whoever want to make professor really, really, really mad. You're like, you, you got him on the, on the lockdown. You're like, baby, baby, I'm going to tick you off. All you need to just be like, black destroy. And he'll just, you know, go crazy. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. The Teppin will be its own episode. Okay. I'm not getting into that now that we're an hour and 20 minutes into this. Yeah. That's all right. We're going to have to, yeah, we're going to have to do a separate Teppin episode. That, that um, is a con because like, of all card games, I have dedicated the most time and the most mental energy and the most deck building experimentation is in Teppen. I love Teppen. I hate Teppen. 
which is I, it's both a digital it, it is a card game it is a technically i would say it is a um trading card game it is a collectible card game yep. however it is a free-to-play mo- well, mostly mobile free-to-play. game it, yes. it's free to play mobile, you can get game. all the cards it is free and to not play, pay yes. a dime but it is but most of the pay is aesthetics, which is, right. I mean, honestly, probably the better way that it should be because you shouldn't have some competitive advantage over somebody else because you just paid more money to do so. Yeah. Um, which was, you know, again, one of the problems you run into with magic is like, yeah, you can absolutely, like, once the market, once their standards, you know, the next standard set comes out and everybody figures out what the new meta is, you know, those cards' values shoot up like crazy whereas um, teppin the only cards that matter are black destroy cards basically uh but again that's again my argument for living card games is yes they will still have kind of a meta to them but you're you're playing out of the same deck so it's you're like, all playing yes you, everybody has access to these cards it's not like for for example, with Ascension, it's a deck building game. You, it, it it also has resources, but it's like you're playing a game backwards instead of um, using your deck. You're building the deck on the go. Essentially, it's like you have a set of house cards that everybody has access to, and you're spending resources to buy the cards on the table to add and build your deck as you're going along, and then you make it better and better and better while you're while you're playing the game essentially um but it's like everybody has access to all the cards at any at, at some point like it's not it's not an overtly like oh well you know because i went and you know this booster pack i got or i i went and spent 60 bucks and got a copy of you know or got my own black lotus or whatever you know what i mean now i'm gonna crush you or or like Yu-Gi-Oh, for example where it's just like oh well i just you know spent a bunch of money and put together you know the most broken meme deck that i could now i win every time you know and I, like literally that's the my problem with Yu-Gi-Oh is it's it's like the games are over by like turn two sometimes if you you play a Yu-Gi-Oh player that knows what they're doing it's like it, it, it's funny because the memes are hilarious when you look at like like uh new Yu-Gi-Oh players versus like experienced players and then they're like you know the uh the, the new players like i play a monster in attack mode and then the other guy's like oh that's cute and then has to go on a 20 minute tangent about like i you know sacrifice some and then and then i do that and then it turns into this like archaic ritual right so that they can win on like their second or third turn or whatever <laughs> just oh, no. like this is i was gonna say it gets worse than that uh yeah it's, during, it's the, during the El, during the aldrazi uh uh set in magic i remember hearing horse stories of people going to tur- people not tournaments sorry no, people just go into their locals local uh car store and be like okay i play this let's call it i play a one land a one land and then the other do okay i play this land i summon this creature allows me to go through my deck and find this creature which lets me su- i can summon this creature for free i do this about 20 minutes of explanation i now have an 11 11 uh, yeah permanent destroy five on and you can't do anything about it because now i destroy your hand i win goodbye like it's turn zero 
Yeah. I, you literally drawed one card. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I, you're, you're right. I'm going even, I'm, I, I gave them too much leeway. I was like, oh, by like turn two, you're like, oh, no, it's, it's turn one. Everything's ready to go. It's dead. You're dead. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. So that again, and that's really just a daunting, not fun experience for most people. That's the fastest um, way to get someone to hate the game that you love. Yes, absolutely. Like, that's, the, that's, yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah, to just totally be like, oh, okay, yeah, you're dead. You're not. That's probably why, unfortunately, I scared Mr. Sneck off of Ascension. I, I totally apologize. But no, I, I was more I, uh, I get distracted with mobile games. And honestly, I think I still have it on my Steam account. So I think my, my account is still there. Um, I just need to you know be a good loser and get well, good. the nice thing about ascension is it's uh, by the way folks it's not just a mobile game you can probably you can you can get a full set you can go buy the box and it is it, every every expansion box that you get you can play independently without any of the other sets yep and, and i i tip my non-existent hat to that foresight in their design because uh, it is a fun game and I need to relearn it and start playing again. I'll, I'll be honest. That said, uh, the fastest way for someone who loves a game to make someone hate it is, is to play as aggressively against a new player as they would against someone who was already on their level. This goes for any kind of game regardless. And, and this is kind of what I was hinting at earlier when I mentioned that meta is the fastest way to destroy a game. I actually saw a tweet the other day that I thought was really, really compelling. This guy... There's some shooter game. I'm not familiar with it. But this guy made a tweet about how, oh, I'm just dominating everyone, and I know all the strategies, and I know every inch of every map, and I always win. And I'm like, you are literally the guy who kills games because <laughs> if, if the meta takes over, is allowed to take over, it will become a virus within the game. And you will only see people who either play the meta or play a counter meta. And there may not yeah. even be one of those. The, the, the only choice may be to just play the meta because that's literally your only choice and every single casual player will drop off because they'll either be dominated by the meta or be stuck in lobbies of people just as clueless as them who will eventually be crushed by players playing the meta. And if, if you have a $5,000 perfectly meta, perfectly honed and construed magic deck and you play against some guy who just got his first starter box, you're going to win. But you're going to make that person hate the game forever, and you're going to be the reason why. And I, I leave that as a cautionary tale, because that's the opposite of fun. And in fact, that was actually something Gutaku and I were talking about uh, right around the time Smash Ultimate came out, where, where you had something similar happen, didn't you? You, you told me about that, Gutaku, when you were playing Smash at a friend's house or something. Oh, I think we lost him. Yep, Gutaku? Uh, uh, sorry, sorry. I, I stepped away for just a second, and the funny thing is, is yeah, you guys were talking about um, ascension, and you know about uh, you know crushing newbies, and then they're like, yeah, yeah, Ditaku. Um, uh, me getting smashed in Smash. Yep. Uh, you're gonna have to be a little bit more specific. That's happened a uh, lot. Well, I, I remember. I think it was right when. Uh, Smash Ultimate came out, and you and I were talking about it, and I was really excited for it. And you, you, you made an aside that you weren't as excited, 
And I was like, oh, why is that? And you, you mentioned some story about like you tried to play and like the dude basically went full but the meta on you. Oh yes. Um I, I tried uh, so this is gonna this is gonna kind of date me a little bit, but I suppose you know I've already been carbon dated already <laughs> this episode. You I know, have the um, original World of Warcraft cards. I've been carbon dated like we're, hard we're, we're all point. old men. That's all there is to it. So, anyways, when I was a wee wee lad, fresh faced, and you know, going to university for the first time, we had a game room, and there was a GameCube there, which had Smash Brothers Melee, and I had played Melee with the professor. I'm like, oh, you know, I played the original Smash Brothers. I played Melee. I am going to do this. I'm going to, you know, it's been a while since I played. And so this, 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 uh, I was just, you know, minding my own business, just, you know, trying to figure out, um, you know, various, you know, what each character did. And this scrawny little Asian guy comes over and is like, hey, can I play with you? And it's like, yeah, sure, fine. And he proceeds to just jungle me, just absolutely destroy me. And I'm like, and ever since then, uh, honestly, you know, I, I just have had a very pretty dim view of Melee. It's just one of those things in, in kind of, you know, when people are like, oh, it's the best one. I'm like, no. No, it really isn't. It's and, not. you know, that might just be me being, you know, petty. But at the same time, it's like, <laughs> guys, it's just because it's the one that you played the most, honestly. So Yeah, and yeah. that's exactly the point. You're going to leave that foul taste in someone's mouth if you play that way. If you are the one who embraces the meta, fine. But... Stick to people who also only play the meta because you're going to ruin the game for everyone else. And, and before yeah, I'm inevitably flooded with the, you just need to get good. No, you need to get some social skills and read the room a little. Okay. Yeah, I literally <laughs> was trying to figure out the game, and this guy just came over and just destroyed me, and then left. And it's like, wow. Okay, I really want to continue playing this game. Not. He gave you the authentic uh, arcade experience, though. No, that's exactly what, that's exactly, what, that's exactly what happens. You, you're sitting there playing Third Strike. Like you're, you know, you're learn, you're doing your little thing with Chun Li. This dude comes over, plays Akuma, and then and then does Raging Demon, <sighs> and, just leave, and just leaves. And you're just like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, and and again, oh. that's a really good way to make someone hate that game forever and never play it again. And that's not something that people should be proud of. That that no. that's bad. Okay, that they shouldn't do that. Okay, okay. I think it's just. I still think it's just uh, different different viewpoints for different things. And I get destroyed all the time in Street Fighter, and I don't hate it. Yeah, but you already lot, understand fighting games. If you had never played a fighting game before and you experienced that, you probably wouldn't like fighting games today. Just dead level. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, um, just, that's just food for thought. I'm not. I'm not trying to harp on you or anything, dude. I'm talking in generality, no. obviously. No, I know. I know. Yeah, and yeah, it's like, I mean, that, that's the thing with these card games, though, is like especially in the trading card games, you, you're going to run into a lot of that, and, and because like there is money on the line in these tournaments, so people are going to treat it like winning is literally all that matters. 
And that's why I think it's good that if there is some stratification between people like, hey, I play magic because magic is fun. I have my, you know, infinite deck. I have like all these cool things that I've collected over the years and compiled into like my favorite deck. Uh, like, here's a good example. My, I think the coolest card in magic is the Timber Mare. And if you're like, what the crap is that? Well, you're not the only person who's going to have that reaction because unless you know the story behind it, you probably don't know the card off the cuff. That the whole thing is whenever someone wins the global tournament, they get to help design a card in the next pack. And the guy who won, his wife was undergoing cancer treatments at the time, and he was using the winnings to pay for her cancer treatment. And her nickname was the Lovely Mare. So they created the card, the Timber Mare, based on her. And it's like, that is so much more impactful and so much cooler than any card that just has big numbers or a profound effect because the card has a story to it. And I'm that kind of player. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm the sort of person who can't really divorce the numbers and algebra homework from the rest of the experience. I still play Monster Rancher with like, a, but my monster wouldn't like that kind of attitude. <laughs> I was gonna yeah. say because like I I usually base like what like the when I started getting back into magic more re not more recently, but there are certain sets that I feel like uh, I was say speak to me more. Like there was a set a couple I think it was a couple of years I don't know magic sets come out so fast now out it's so hard it's like every three months i hear like there's a new set coming out and i'm like we just had one though like what the heck um I can't remember there was like it was a uh, it was in like an adventures, uh, carnival, like an adventures, like uh, celebration or somewhere. A bunch of where the all the cards were themed after, like kind of a steampunky, like tech invention type, type thing or magic or like magic tech kind of uh, uh, inventions where they introduced uh, vehicles pretty much that you can have your uh, cards right in, in and they do specific effects when there's like uh. Or they can attack when there's specific people enough people uh, riding in them and stuff like that. Oh, okay. like, that's a really that's a really cool sounding set. Like and uh, and then there's like the Ice Age set, where this is where I started getting more into the game. So I'm like, oh, that's cool. I like snow covered stuff. I like snow and that kind of stuff. Um, <clears throat> and that kind of stuff. Uh, that sounds really cool. Um, and then there's other sets like uh, I think uh, talk we're talking about Ravnica, uh, which I think is the one with the different houses. I think it was was that the they have like the different houses depending on their on your color combination or your color that you choose. I I think so. That was Ravnica, wasn't mm -hmm. it? I believe it was. Uh, someone can correct me if not. Uh, which one it was? But I think that like the, a lot of the stories that are based off that are also really cool as well. Uh, and like depending on the what you play is you know what play is the house that you represent. I don't remember my house, but it was the blue black uh, combination set, which everybody hates, of course, because it's usually the control destroy or a meta that everybody hates because it's no fun allowed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I don't believe was ever has ever been very meta to my knowledge, but it's just the set that I like the most because counter spell counter spell and murder cards <laughs> basically the entire thing with that though is that it basically boils down to you just you you dread playing anything against those decks because the guy always has this smug grin on his face and you're like i'm gonna play something it's gonna cost me a lot and they're just gonna go no and that's pretty much that that is playing blue black well, i'm gonna make everybody in the room hate me right. and I'm, going no no you don't I'm 
I'm gonna make the, I'm gonna make everyone in the room hate me right now. My Ice Age deck was a blue black deck, and oh, the you were, whole you were that guy. The whole, the whole concept was was as I as I would put it was slow freeze the opponent, where he at one point couldn't really do anything. As I brought up a card, I don't remember the name of it, but it was an artifact snow card where you would pump all of your mana into that wasn't being used to uh, fuel your cards, uh, counter spells and stuff like that uh, until you summoned like a 2020 flying indestructible beast. Um, and it pretty, and uh, pretty much, uh, and then you could, uh, then you would just throw in uh, snow walking on top of it. Cause you turned one of your opponents, uh, lands into a snow covered land that, that allowed your uh your land all your snow uh, walking creatures to attack him freely um and then you and then i you would win the game but i had cards that would tap other cards i'd had cards that would freeze effects i literally had uh blues uh the blue style passivism where you couldn't untap or attack after you attack i mean i was i was literally i'm going to I'm, you were that guy I, I was definitely that guy it was so fun at least for me and then my buddy who played uh artifact uh five uh five color artifact and it'd be like hey i'm gonna i'd be like hey i'm going to uh what was it I'm gonna. Uh, I got my big creature. Okay, cool. I use uh, devour or devouring greed. I kill all. I kill all of my uh, creatures. Here's and now you take over nine thousand damage into your uh, player hit points. I'm like, oh, perfect. So <laughs> basically, he anyway. summoned the <laughs> infinite stairwell and then shoved you down it. Yes, he did. <laughs> Ooh. Yes, hate me. F- give me all of your rage. <laughs> no, we. I think we know better at this point. I mean, of course, you know, you, you'd be like, you have to be more specific. Is this, you know, because of Happy Chaos? Is this because of you know, Street Fighter? Is this because of, you know, Vulkenstein? Volkenstein was the hero. Volkenstein was the hero that we deserved, not the one we needed. (laughs) And and you know what? I I am I am going to make my crazy wrestler character, who is the daughter of Volkenstein, at at some point. Now, Tyga and Burr should team up. That would be awesome. That's a conversation for another day. Let's wrap this. Card games part one to a close. So just going down the list, Cog, uh, your final thoughts for everything we've discussed today. Um, card games are fun. I like them a lot. They also don't like me a lot, except for my money. Um, and Ascension's my favorite. And uh, yeah. Fair. Fair point. Ditaku, your final thoughts. Uh, well, I mean, I've, I've shed most of these except for, you know, Digimans, which is partially your fault. So I guess, you know, yeah. that that's, you know, small comeuppance for, you know, all those years of me being like, hey, snack, here's thing, here's a series. And you're like, oh man! Now Snack. I have to read the entire series. Snack, do a, a whole blind playthrough of Live Alive. 
oh, now do a whole blind playthrough of Horai High. And I'm like, oh, uh, yes. Yes, I guess. Okay, to to be perfectly honest, I don't remember the, the blind playthrough of Live Alive, but I no, knew I'm sorry. you were going to love... It was uh, someone else did Live Alive. But you gave me Horai High, and you were just like, play it. And I was like, yeah, all right. Yeah. So yeah, I'll, you know, I'll take that one. That, that's an eye for an eye. All right, <laughs> clockwork. Your final thoughts. Um, card games are very expensive. Uh, don't play them if you don't have a lot. Don't play them if you don't have a lot of money. Do the do the cog method and get the uh, and get the games that you don't have to spend three thousand dollars on. Uh, every two months to to be relevant by the game where you and your friends could play it forever ever and just maybe get an expansion pack here too too unless you oh Scott, unless you already addicted to it then there's no help for you unfortunately yeah, uh you oh I got I've gone back to it. it it's it's an inevitable it's an inevitable addiction that won't go away unfortunately that that is sad but true facts yes and uh my my final input on it is Play what you like the way you like it, and don't don't lose yourself in the morass that often comes with these games. Find one that's comfortable for your play style, and, and you know, like what you like and, and, and revel in it. That's a, a good attitude to take, I think. So that brings us to Card Games Part 1's conclusion. Thank you for joining us. If you liked today's episode, hit the like button. If you thought we were completely full of crap, you can also dislike it. That is your right. Uh, but hit subscribe for more like this every week. And leave a comment down below. What are your, some of your card game sins? Uh, go ahead and confess them before all of the internet as we have just got done doing. This has been Cog at Itaco Clockwork and the Hipster Snack. And thank you for joining us this fine evening. And we'll see you guys next time. See you later. Letters. Thank you for listening to the Tomodachi Brothers Review Podcast. Produced and recorded by The Hipster Snack, Ditaku, and Cog. Sound design and editing by executive producer Sean Taylor Brown with Cog Sound Engineering. Music written and performed by Sean Taylor Brown with Costas Voss of Core Insight Studio on the drums. We hope you enjoyed this episode. See you next time. everyone. Thanks for listening to the Tomodachi Bros Anime Podcast. I'm one of the co-founders and co-hosts of the podcast, The Hipster Snack. If you want more content from me, I have my own YouTube channel, The Hipster Snack. Links will be available everywhere I can spam it up until I get a custom one, but all in due time. I do weekly game reviews, and in the future, probably more than that. Look forward to it, and I'll see you there and on Twitter, at Hipster Snack. See ya!